The AAPA conference is coming up May 18th through 22nd in Houston. I'm so sad that I will not be there, but some of my favorite people will be. So I want to make sure that y'all know who to look out for. So if you're heading down to the conference, make sure you go by the Blueprint and Rosh Review table. They're giving away all kinds of stuff stethoscopes, seats in the review course. They're talking about how Rosh Review has joined Blueprint and what that looks like. But definitely go stop by, say hi, get some swag, tell them I said hello, uh, and it'll be a really good time. I'm sure y'all will have an awesome time in Houston. Make sure you go to Torchy's Tacos, my absolute favorite, and spend some time in the exhibit hall exploring we know that I love Rosh Review um, by Blueprint, and they have so many great resources. So whether you're looking for QBanks, pants review courses, now is the time. And usually there's some special stuff, so go check it out. All right, we love a good career change. So today we have Alden, who started out working at the bar in Chili's, which you're going to love this story, became a respiratory therapist and ended up in PA school. So get ready. This is a really good one and a great story. Welcome to the Pre-PA Club Podcast. If you want to learn how to become a physician assistant, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Savannah Perry. Let's get to it. Hello, welcome to the Pre-PA Club Podcast. If you are currently participating in our PA School Personal Statement Challenge, I am so proud of you for sticking in there, and I hope that you've gotten a lot out of it. If you're like, what are you talking about? Uh, you can always sign up. We did this together, but you can always sign up for the two-week challenge at thepaplatform.com slash personal statement, where we go through an email course over two weeks to get you a draft of your personal statement done. So... Um, that's been really fun. I wanted to also let y'all know at the end of this month on January 30th, I'm doing a live personal statement editing webinar. So the link to sign up for that is in the description. It is $5. Um, just the webinar software I have is very expensive. So, uh, want to make sure also that you are invested in this. That's less than a coffee. Um, but it should be a good time and when you sign up you can submit your draft to be one that may or may not be chosen to be edited uh, if you want to do that want to put yourself out there we won't um, disclose whose is whose but that's an option you have so um, that should be fun and I think you're going to really like today's episode um, so Alden is with us and she just has a really cool story she's very encouraging and um, I think her story is just a great example of like, you just never know where you're going to end up. You just never know and you need to be open to anything that comes your way, ask questions, talk to people, um, but it's a really great story. So we'll get to that and then don't forget if you need help with anything right now as far as pre-PA counseling, personal statement editing, the books, um, the personal statement guide or interview guide, you can always use the code FUTUREPA on the website for a discount. Um, and feel free to reach out on Instagram uh, if you have any questions or email me directly. Sure. Uh, my name is Alden Mustard. Um, I'm originally from Florida. Uh, so let's see. Um, I graduated high school in 2005. So I, I'm 34. Uh, so my, my path to PA has... Not always been a path to being a PA, to be completely honest. I kind of did a lot of different things um, in the meantime. 
Um, I became a respiratory therapist in 2015 and uh, worked in many different areas. I worked neonatal, pediatrics, adults, uh, took some travel assignments. Um, and throughout that, uh, after about my first year or so, I decided that I wanted to become a PA. Um, I, I knew what PAs were, but until I started working in the hospital setting, I really didn't truly understand what PAs did. Uh, so I got more of a um, more of an exposure. And uh, so I decided to become a PA, um, looked at what I had to take as far as classes, which was quite a lot. And because I also, um, you know, was doing this a little bit later in the game, there were classes I had to retake because uh, they were quite old. Um, so I, I just did what I needed to do. I just made a list of the classes that I was going to take. I took them, uh, took the GRE and started applying. And um, yeah, and uh, so for, I just completed my, my, my first semester. And so for that, um, uh, for that class, for the, it was the 2020, 2021 um, application, um, I got four interviews, two acceptances and two wait lists and decided on Rush University here in Chicago. Nice. So that's, okay. Different from Florida. Yes, um, very different from Florida. <laughs> oh, I want to back up a little bit and we'll kind of get <laughs> case school stuff because I want to know what brought you to respiratory therapy and kind of, you know, medicine in general. What kind of brought you into wanting to do that? So uh, medicine was always something that I had an interest in. Um, I, I don't have anybody in my family that's really in the medical field other than my uncle. He's a physical therapist. Uh, but pretty much what happened, uh, I, was, I was a bartender at Chili's and uh, there was this uh, couple that used to come in every once in a while. And yeah, I knew they worked in the medical field. I didn't really know. And they were talking about their profession and they were both respiratory therapists. I had no idea what that was, uh, but they kind of explained one day I just struck up a conversation. It was slow. And I, and I just asked them about what they did. And I just told them, I said, I'll be completely honest with you. I have no idea what a respiratory therapist is. Um, and they explained it to me. I did some of my own research and I said, this is kind of cool. You know, I've always kind of been interested in the medical field. Let me try this. And I looked at the requirements. I only had to take one class because I had had, I had gotten my AA previously when I really didn't have any direction. So I just got a general AA. So I only had to take one class. I applied and I got in and I, I loved it. It was, it was, it was, it was great. It was very much what I needed at that time in my life. I would, I needed something not quick necessarily, but I liked the action of it. I liked being put in these very, to be quite honest, I liked being put in these emergent life or death situations and being required yeah. to think on my feet. So it was a good, very good fit for me at the time. Oh my gosh. I love that story. That's just so random, yeah, but, yeah. but awesome. And I love yeah. it. And it made me want chilies, but uh, <laughs> that is just, that's so cool. Like the random, you know, little life events that 
make a big impact and you never know who you impact either in those ways. Um, And and RT, so I'm going to get you to explain a little bit about respiratory therapists and what you do as a respiratory therapist in case anyone's listening and doesn't know, because it is great experience. Like Mm -hmm. you have to actually know stuff. I was a CNA. You don't really have to know that much as a CNA, Um, you know, vital skills and, and paying attention to your patients, but the, you're not necessarily providing medical care in those cases. Um, but respiratory, those teams, I mean, they are the ones, my husband's a hospitalist and he's like, oh yeah, we call, we call the team. We call the team. Like, you know, they, y'all are important and the hospital would be lost without respiratory. So what did that entail? Well, as far as both the education, like what is the education for that? And then what does that look like as a job? Sure. Uh, first of all, thank you for the shout out to respiratory. Sometimes we are the uh, uh, unspoken, unspoken entity of the of of the hospital system. Um, so as far as uh, education, uh, I did a two and a half year um, AS degree, which okay. is the entry level requirement. Uh, it's very similar to um, nursing, where uh, I mean, they're going towards a bachelor's and, and, you know, that's a requirement now, but just for, for the sake of comparison, yeah. um, I did a two year, two and a half year AS degree and uh, schooling was, I mean, pretty intense uh, from the very beginning. You know, we were learning about life or death situations and you're learning it so conceptually. And then all of a sudden you go into uh, your clinical rotations and they just stick you in the trauma bay and they just, you know. Um, So there's a lot of hands-on is pretty much what I'm getting at. A lot of lab time, uh, but there is also a lot of class time too. There's a lot of theory. It's very equally balanced between uh, respiratory therapy theory, as well as lab time and clinical rotations. So it's very rigorous. It's, it's, it's not easy. And, uh, the, the coursework is actually very challenging as well, because you're learning a lot of things on the molecular level. You're not, you you know, you're learning things that you can't actually see. You just have to picture it in your head, which is not easy sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so when I graduated, uh, I got a job in Orlando at, uh, Winnie Palmer hospital. I worked in the level three, four neonatal ICU. Those little tubes. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Yes. Yes. The, the, mm-hmm. Um, and so with that being said, respiratory is a, as far as a job and as far as a career, and I mean, I think this goes for a lot of things, but just to say, it is essentially what you make of it. You can work in adult critical care, you can work uh, in trauma, you can work pediatrics, neonatal. Uh, I know some people that do flight. I mean, that obviously Hmm. takes some years of experience, but um, there are different avenues that you can take. and, And it is very location specific. There are certain states that don't utilize respiratory as much and which is unfortunate, but I mean, what are you going to do? But I feel that there really are, there is a lot more that you can do with it than people may think that there is. I mean, within five years, I had worked 
adults, pediatric and neonatal. So yeah, and I mean, you got a, a good variety of working with different patient types and, yeah. and really honed in on your skills, which is yes. awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, at, so at what point in, you know, you finished your RT school, you started working mm-hmm. at what point did you start thinking? Cause it sounded like pretty quickly you were like, Oh, I want to do PA. Mm-hmm. Were you feeling limited in your role or what kind of made you think, yeah, I want to go towards something else now? To a certain degree, I felt limited. Yes. Um, how do I explain this? I think it was more of, I wanted to know more than what was in my scope. Uh, I wanted to be able to, to do more. I didn't dislike my job. I didn't dislike my career. I just got to a point where I was exposed to um, the nurse practitioners and the PAs that I worked with. And I saw the, the broad spectrum of knowledge that they had. And also, I mean, I thought it was pretty cool that they could put in central lines and do this kind of stuff. So, um, I felt limited, but not unhappy. I just got to a point where I said, you know what? I think I just, I, I, I want to do more. I want to be able to do more. I want to know more. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. I mean, and I think that's pretty common, um, to kind of, you know, want to expand that scope a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, so like you said, you had to take some classes, go to apply. What did you look for in programs, um, that you kind of, when you were applying and looking to become a PA, what were your top priorities? So my, one of my top priorities was when I was researching schools is that they specifically stated that they looked at applicants in a holistic way. Okay. Um, That was very important to me because I did have some red flags. Um, You know, unfortunately, you know, in my early college days, when I had no direction, I had some C's, a couple of D's, uh, you know, so I knew, and of course, at the time, I never thought that was going to come back to bite me 12, yeah. 13 years later. Yeah. Um, and so when I uh, submitted everything to CASPA and got my GPA, my CASPA GPA, I was, mm, okay, you know, not, not that great, uh, not horrible, but not amazing. So I knew that that was going to be a potential hurdle. So okay. uh, I definitely looked at schools that stated they took a holistic approach to assessing their, um, their applicants. Um, that was the biggest one. I'm trying to think if there was anything else that really stood out to me. And so you were willing to move. That wasn't oh, yeah. yes. you know, a deal breaker <laughs> kind of that thing. That wasn't was a deal breaker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. yeah. And you, I think you said you got four interviews. Did you apply to four programs or did you apply to more than that? Uh, I applied to nine. I applied to nine schools. Yeah. And that's, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a pretty good record. It's so interesting. I've found just talking to so many people, I feel like every single person in this process has rejection. Like you get, even the ones with like multiple acceptances, like you're going to get rejected and sometimes there's no rhyme or reason to it at all um so anyway um so in your interviews did any of those red flags come up 
or did the programs really seem like, you know, we, we've looked past that. We're, you know, happy with what you've done since. Out of my four interviews, there was one school that did ask me to um, explain uh, my lower GPA. And uh, if I remember correctly, asked me to um, explain what else I had done or how I was going to prepare for the rigors of PA school. So yes, I, I was asked about it in one interview. Okay. Okay. I was just curious if they brought that up. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it was nice that you had two programs to choose from mm-hmm. um, with which one you wanted to go for, go to. What were your deciding factors? Was there anything at interviews that made you kind of turn off from some programs or anything that made you lean more towards a certain program? Um, so, I mean, there wasn't, I guess, The one, the, the two that I was, that I had to choose one, uh, choose for was between Rush and um, another program. And this other program was a bit longer. Okay. Um, and I have friends in the Chicago area. So, I mean, it, to be honest, it was just kind of like, a, I, I thought about it and I said, you know what, both programs are great. It's not really that I prefer one over the other. Um, the, the one, the other program was about three, three and a half years and Russia's program is about two, two and a half years. And I said, you know, I don't know if I want to, if I personally don't know if I want to do this for, if if I want to go back to school for three and a half years when I can be here for two and a half years and get get the same education. And also, uh, Chicago, even though far away from from Florida the other program was super far away from Florida really really far so there was a couple of different things that that influenced my decision yeah I mean all of that it seems completely valid and I mean length does play a big role I mean and essentially that's a year of earning potential too Mm -hmm. versus being in debt an extra year so it's I mean you, you kind of have to look at those things for sure Mm-hmm. Um, well, now that you're in PA school, I'm, I wonder if you get this question, have you been able to work as a respiratory therapist while in school? Absolutely not. <laughs> what would be your advice to people who think they're going to do that? My adv- don't do that to yourself. Just, I, I mean, I, I, I get it when you are used to working and you have, and you're used to having an income, it is so hard to just throw that out the window and say, okay, yeah, I'm just going to go to school. It's human nature to try to convince yourself that you can work because you tell yourself, well, when I was in school, when I was in RT school, when I was doing this, I was able to work. I did it then. Why can't I do it now? I, there may be people out there that that can do it, and I'm not discrediting that. If your program does not have a, a type of agreement that you have to sign saying that you you know you won't work, and you are able to do it, hats off to you. I would not be able to do it. Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, yeah. 
there is just, I mean, with the amount of information and the amount of, of studying that you have, that, you know, that, that I had to do, I'm not even going to use the term you in general that I had to do. I mean, I was, I, I got to a point where I was like, well, you know, if I go grocery shopping today, that's going to take like an hour away from my study time. I mean, that's where I was at. So imagine like a 12 hour shift somewhere in between that. It just was not possible for me. So, I mean, advice that I have is just really evaluate if, if this is something that you really want to do, because if you really want to work, it's, you may be able to do it. It's just going to be so much harder. So, I mean, a, a thousand fold harder. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I, I don't really know how people would be able to do it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is a question that comes up a lot in my program. We were not allowed yeah. to work at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I t- did a few babysitting shifts, which <laughs> I mean, that was fine. Cause the kids were asleep and I could study. Uh, mm-hmm. but otherwise like there was no way at all. No. Um, <laughs> And yeah, so again, hats off if you're able to do that, but don't plan on it. Um, (laughs) So yeah, so in general, how has that kind of first semester been? You're still in like the thick of it, like figuring it out. It's rough. Oh, it it was very rough. Uh, First semester was really just figuring out what worked for me. Uh, study habits changed constantly. I, at first I was just like, oh, you know, I'm just going to study on my own. I'm not a good group studier. Yeah. That changed. Yeah. And I, I started studying with, um, uh, a few of my classmates, we would kind of do our own thing and then we would meet after class or we would meet on the weekends on off days, sit in front of a whiteboard, write things down, come up with mnemonics, ways that we could, uh, remember it and it worked beautifully. So, I mean, that's just one example, but yeah, I mean, and then just learning how to manage your time. Uh, Some people do well with, uh, I mean, I had, what I mean, some people as in some of my classmates, they, they do really well with studying one subject at a time for four or five hours and they feel like they've mastered it. I tried that. That didn't really work for me. I did a lot better with setting an hour to two hour uh, increments and then getting done what I felt I could get done and then moving on to something else. That's, do you feel like your, your education from respiratory therapy school prepared you at all for PA school or is it just very different? It's just very different. Um, there were certain units that might have come a little bit easier for me because I had seen it clinically or I had studied something or, you know, I had studied that. Uh, but in, in the beginning, we're learning such basic science stuff that, um, you know, I, I don't feel that my training or my education in respiratory really helped, but in little bits here and there, I'm like, okay, yeah. I get that. I've seen that before, Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's just, it's yeah. just very different. Very, very different. Yeah, it is. And it's so hard to explain until you're there. Absolutely. Like, it, it really is. Yeah. Um, cause it's just, it's, its own beast and yeah but yeah you'll figure it out you get through it you figure out how to study when it stops working you change it yes and it flies by and it's done um but yeah no I I really do appreciate you kind of sharing your story where do you see yourself ending up do you think you'll go back to kind of a a poem 
role at all, like that will involve respiratory or do you see yourself kind of doing something completely different? You know, I could go either way at this point. Um, I know that I might gravitate towards palm or ICU because it's, it's a comfort zone. I, 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 I know the ICU, but I'm very much interested in exploring other, other avenues. I mean, I loved when we did, um, endocrinology, I loved that unit, something that I never thought of before. And I just happened to really, really like it. So I'm very, very open-minded, very, very open-minded. That's a a good way to be. Um, (laughs) yeah, I, I definitely appreciate you, you being willing to share and, and really just reaching out. Um, and I hope this has encouraged maybe some other respiratory therapists or people who are in other roles, kind of thinking they want to make the switch to take those steps and go for it. Absolutely. I mean, if I could just add my, my cohort, we have many non-traditional students. I mean, to name some, there uh, one one girl. She's she was a radiology technician for like thirteen years. Uh, another one of my classmates. She worked in commercial banking for many years and made the switch to PA. Uh, another one of my classmates. He had a career in sales and is now uh, doing this. So I mean, it, it's our our class is such a mixture yeah. of different backgrounds and even people who were not in the medical field and made the change. So, I mean, it is, it is very doable and I mean, and they're killing it. They're doing great. And that's awesome. Yeah. And that's what I think makes the profession so cool is that you do have all these different backgrounds and as a class, you come together and just connect and learn from each other and it makes everybody better. I've, absolutely. I've learned so much from my classmates. Every, I mean, everybody just has this diverse background, uh, you know, and, and everybody brings something to the table. I mean, I things that, that, that I struggled with, like I struggled with a little bit of um, ENT, the eye. I wasn't really understanding a lot of things. And there is one of my classmates that worked in an ophthalmology clinic and he dumbed it down for us and was like, oh, just look at this, this, this. Oh, okay. You know, so it's, it's, that's what I really love about it. Especially my, my class uh, is everybody brings something to the table to help out. And it's, and it's, it's great. It's, it's wonderful. Yeah. Every, all in it together. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Better. Yeah, no. And that's what, I mean, I think that teamwork aspect just continues once you, you know, are in healthcare as well, but um, <laughs> no, it's, it's a great, great career. Um, I know it can be scary to kind of branch out and take that step sometimes, Mm -hmm. especially if you're kind of comfortable in your position, but, um, no, I just, I really do appreciate you taking the time to share. Oh, of course. No, thank you. I, I know what it's like to be on the other end and, and I know what it's like to, compare yourself to other applicants. And, 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 and for me personally, I focused on so much about what made me different instead of focusing on what made me stand out. And I've realized there is actually a huge difference, Yeah, Um, yeah. you know, because sometimes when, you know, for me, I focused on how I was different from other applicants. It kind of became a negative thing. I was so focused on the red flags that I wasn't taking time to realize, okay, you know, Alden, you didn't, get these interviews and get in because of your red flags. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Exactly. And that's, I mean, that's human nature. We focus on our weaknesses more than Mm -hmm. our strengths. Um, And that's something definitely when I'm working with 
pre-PA students, they're so cool and they have so much cool stuff on their application, but they get mm -hmm. focused on like one negative thing and you know, I was one of them. Yeah. Was one it, of them. Yeah. It, and it's natural. Like that's just what we do. So absolutely, I, I really appreciate you saying that. And I hope everyone listening takes it to heart. <laughs> I know it's easier said. I hope so too. Cause I get it. I was that person. I came into it. I was like, you know, I'm going to say this, 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 and this. And then I got asked about it one time and that was it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And you can't predict, you can't plan that no. much. So that's just how, how PA the PA process goes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. These admissions committees, they're not novices. They know what they're looking for. And Very you just have to try to keep that in, in your mind because I didn't, I, I was yeah. just, oh. well, and if you get to the point of an interview, like that's such a good thing. I was, I forgot mm -hmm. what program I was looking at the other day. I forgot, but basically they said 17% of applicants get an interview and 4% of uh, four percent of applicants are accepted. Mm -hmm. Um, which that's going to be a higher percentage of those who are interviewed. But mm -hmm. I was like, that's so crazy! Like, if you get an interview, that's a big deal. Um, Absolutely. you know that that's a really big deal. So, yeah. um, hopefully, that gives gives everybody a little bit of confidence too. Mm -hmm. I, I I hope so as well, because I, I know that being a non-traditional applicant, I, I focus so much on that. And I was just prepared for that rejection of, you know, well, I'm just not what they're looking for. I don't have this broad science background. And, you know, I mean, yes, like if you have red flags, yes, like be prepared to address them, but just try not to hyper-focus on them. And I mean, and I know that might sound easy for me to say, I'm sitting here in PA school. I'm not trying to be blase and be like, oh yeah, it'll all work out. You know, obviously there are hurdles that everybody has to go over, but I, I'm just trying to convey, try not to make the same mistakes that I did where I focused so much on the negative aspects of my application that I wasn't seeing that, okay, I got the interview because of the positives, not because of yeah. the negatives. <laughs> no, I, I, I agree completely. Um, but no, this was super encouraging. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it.